0: Hello and welcome to The Good Robot Andy's Season 9, Episode 12. It's the podcast. We can do what we like. Exactly. Episode 12, you say? Episode 12. Is and that a uh, mid-season episode, if, if it's a long season of shows? I guess. this is. Oh, yeah, this is like the mid-season climax.
1: Yeah, mid-season break. Yeah, gonna, although we're not actually having a break. Although no. we haven't done one of these for a while
0: because... I mean, <laughs> I mean you can never think things. when we're going to have a break. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, listen, you should be ready for um like climactic events because it's the mid-season you know we try and keep you interested because it's mid-season yeah um so you know i'm not no spoilers but i mean you're going to be blown away by tonight's episode blown away my by name the is amount a- of rambling chat on this one <laughs> my name is andy <laughs> balaam and this is andy Cockerill and the thing that we're going to talk about eventually after some rambling tonight is <laughs> is a movie right? called promising young woman promising young woman um, Which and- I will
1: say before we continue mm-hmm, mm-hmm. does contain descriptions of some very adult themes. Okay, okay, so so and the- trig- maybe triggering things. So
0: I just okay. warning for listener. There. Okay, so can we have topic areas that 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 might you might if you need to avoid certain topic areas? Can you? Yes.
1: Uh, so yes, I think sexual assault is the right. main theme of the film. Okay, uh, and also yeah, general nastiness. By men on women,
0: basically. Okay, so listen. Yeah. If if that stuff uh, is going to trouble you, then you know, um, don't listen, or make sure you've got someone around to look after you, or whatever. Um, and also, we'll we'll keep the we'll keep the language from swearing or anything like that. But we'll be talking about adult stuff, so yes, um, there will you,
1: be no there'll be no adult language, but we will indeed be talking about adult themes. Yes,
0: so you know, you might
1: not want to listen um, with young
0: people. Indeed. Oh, yes. all, all that said, I forgot the name of the thing, but I still—I young woman. Promising young woman. But the all I can say is that is definitely a costume drama. It definitely isn't. Oh. <laughs> like, I like—I thought I was on the money. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Nor is it a rollicking Disney adventure. No, no, I kind of um, assumed
0: not.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you, are you going to give me a synopsis, or um? Uh, well, no, I failed. It? I failed. Oh, you failed. Okay. So I have some many other business. I have quite yeah, yeah. a lot, actually, yeah, yeah. which I'm going to try and rattle through as quickly as possible. Okay,
0: don't bother. Go slowly. It's a podcast. We can do what we like. So first up, I watched Matrix 4. Right. Now Matrix we talked about Matrix
1: 4. Resurrections, which is a dreadful <laughs> title.
0: Oh, sorry. We talked about, I mean, it doesn't leave much room for Matrix 5, though, does it? Because resurrection is kind of the biggest thing. Where, <laughs> like, where, where do, you do you going? go from there? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we talked about this on the podcast, but you hadn't seen yes. it. So now no. you can weigh in. Okay, so my take on it is
1: that visually, I thought it was a bit dull compared to the uh-huh. even the sequels. Um, right. It didn't have the slightly green, silver, green tinge of the original movies. Uh-huh. It looked very pedestrian in many ways. Right. Um, I mean, what Neo about has, the stuff
0: where thing, time stood still? Sort not bad
1: Yeah, the slow mo. Yeah, I didn't like it.
0: Right, I, I didn't slow mo. I guess it wasn't visually spectacular. It was no,
1: no. It's not visually spectacular. The fight scenes, as you said when you talked about it, mm. are not well done at all. They're damp, aren't they're they? Kind of, they're incoherent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they need to. Maybe they need to get the the folks who did the um, fight scenes for John Wick, who also did the fight scenes for The Matrix. Right. That's who they need to get on board with those. <laughs> really. Um, uh, but plus points, I really enjoyed Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss yeah. uh, as Neo and Trinity, and their relationship, and the and the point in the movie when when she finally realizes who she is uh-huh. and who he is uh-huh. is incredibly powerful.
0: Yeah, cause because they're actually pretty good, aren't they? Because they have
1: great chemistry together, and that they it's a strong strong performance. Interesting so. that because they didn't have a
0: lot of chemistry in... In the Matrix, did they?
1: Not really. But, no, it's quote, all very cool and glasses and stuff. Yeah. To
0: quote pitch meeting, um, uh, so what, you know, why do they get together? Do they? Is there a lot of um, you know, common <laughs> ground between them? They're the Not main me. characters.
1: Yes, they have to. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, I enjoyed Doogie Hauser M.D. Yeah. as the the analyst. I thought he was good value. He's. I mean, he's
0: worth it. I, I also thought He was Jonathan- genuinely ambiguous. He didn't know he was a baddie straight from Yeah, him. definitely.
1: I enjoyed Jonathan Groff as as a new iteration of Agent Smith. Right, I even barely his, remember that. I think it was. Even delicious. though his motives seemed to be muddy and ill-conceived, I thought he his performance was solid. Okay, I just. Uh, yeah. I I enjoyed, enjoyed the callbacks. Callbacks to the original movies, right. although I thought, as you said, the guy who plays the Merovingian looked like he was in a different movie <laughs> in fact at one point he looked like uh, there's an episode of Monty Python where Michael Palin runs up to the camera and says it's that's
0: he looked like episode, he was auditioning
1: for that um, that's the
0: beginning of every episode
1: no it's not it's just one of them where he does that well there's not it's, there's always someone yeah. who says it's yes absolutely yeah okay um, so that was laughably bad <laughs> I thought uh, I thought that the whole stuff in the human city was a waste of time. They didn't need to go there
0: yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah, they could pretty, have They could dumb. have
1: delivered all of that stuff without actually going there. Right. Well, uh, that it was way money, too well. long. Way too long. Two and a half hours. They could have trimmed half an hour. On the plus side, it did have an exploding helicopter.
0: It did. Yep. Yeah. To me, the, my abiding memory of it, having, thinking back on it now, and after listening to what you're saying and mostly agreeing with you, is just that I like, I like the broken humans. And the rest I'm of nodding. it. I'm nodding. Yes. Yeah. The rest of it, I could live without. But I think yes. both, both Keanu and I've forgotten the name of the lady who plays Trinity. Carrie Ann Moss. Carrie yeah. Ann Moss played, played those like adults who, you're supposed to be sorted when you're an adult, and actually that's when you get broken. <laughs>
1: Yes, and they they really convey that sense of brokenness, don't they? Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Also, Neo has new powers that are not explained. Like what? And he can stop bullets.
0: He could stop hand. bullets
1: before. That's what he did no, in the first couldn't. movie. He could not. Oh no, could he? Oh yeah,
0: he could. Couldn't he? Yeah. Yes, What's you're right. The real but he kind of real thing to explain is what happened to him in in all the times in the movies where he doesn't just <laughs> completely magic it. Yes. Why not?
1: <laughs> <laughs> why haven't you done that? Yes, yeah. Yes, you're right. So, you're absolutely right. So, in the first Matrix, he stops bullets. He puts his hand up like in this. In this one, yes, in this one, he's really trying hard to stop them, which is why it looks like a different power.
0: Right, right, okay, okay, okay.
1: He's sort of, um, you know, he's really concentrating on it. And then this one, Trinity can fly, inexplicably.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but he uh-huh. could fly. They could, no, they could both fly. Can they both fly? At in the, the end of... 3, I think.
1: Oh, okay. No, or 2. No, or, it's been a while oh. since I've seen those I mean, uh,
0: There's this one, there's a, one of them where the ending is the two of them flying off. That must be the end of the second movie. Because they're superheroes now. Okay. All
1: right. So it was fine. Yeah. It was fine.
0: It was yeah. too long. What it I was think fine. I think what I think someone should do is go through the scene where they you know they have that scene saying, "What would the what should the Matrix Four be like?" Yes. Oh, it should have, um, uh, like the bullet time, and it should have blah, and it should have blah, and just tick off because presumably all those things that they say in that room, they then do in the movie.
1: Yeah, although they don't do bullet time very well.
0: Well, but but that the whole frozen yeah. time is supposed to be that. Yeah, so, but it's not good. It's not that, but yeah. No. Um. Anyway, point is that someone should go through that scene and just make sure they did do all those things make, a, make <laughs> yes. a five minute youtube video just saying yeah did it did deliver that. yep they did that yep, yeah they did that i would watch yeah. that okay so
1: that's that i've put that to bed i right. think matrix right. four right. Right. uh the next thing is the academy awards
0: right so just I'm before not we move address. off matrix four yes sorry will you, will you go see matrix five yeah i'd watch it yeah, yeah. if it I mean, comes I, out it's going to take it's going to be very difficult to stop me going and seeing whatever they put out under the Matrix. I'd watch now. it
1: because I'll, I'll watch anything these days with Keanu Reeves in. That's, yeah. Yeah. It's sad, but I'll just
0: keep on paying the money. All right, sorry, the Oscars. The Oscars,
1: yes. Uh, I'm not going to discuss The Elephant in the Room, the thing right. that happened, because right. that's been discussed at great length. There have been plenty of takes. Everywhere else, yes. What I want to talk about is the rise of the streamers. Hmm. So uh, I think... It's not that unusual these days for streaming services to get films nominated for awards. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a great deal of sniffiness and looking down the nose at it from the traditional movie studios, right? Because they see them as being, well, it's television. It's yeah, television. I mean, they've always it-
0: looked down on television, haven't they?
1: Yes, it's television, and it's been released at the cinema, but it's still television. It's still people are mm-hmm. watching it at home,
0: and they—I mean—they still look down on it when television was producing all the best stuff, like. Um, yes Sopranos and The Wire and whatever
1: but this year we have in the best picture category I'm just going to do a roll call here so we have Coda which was the winner this year it's a film I haven't seen right Don't Look Up which was Netflix so Coda was Apple TV okay Don't Look Up is Netflix Uh, and The Power of the Dog is Netflix Okay. So that's three films in the Best Picture category that of are from many? streaming services. Uh, so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay, okay. So previously, let's say five years ago, there'd be no yeah. films yeah. from streaming services. Yeah. Um. So Coda is the little film, or it's not a little film. Um. So this year, you know, a film from a. An entertainment, what is now an entertainment behemoth, mm-hmm. won Best Picture. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Apple TV is, they have serious funding behind them. So, mm-hmm. um... I so, heard yeah. of any of those okay. things. Okay. Um, and directing, so Jane Campion won for The Power of the Dog, which is a Netflix film. Right. So to my knowledge, that is the first time that a streaming service has won... Uh, a big, you know, two big
0: awards there. Interesting. Yeah, and the that presumably that's overcome the bias of the uh, the judges who are from the movie industry, right?
1: So I think what's driving that is uh, something we've talked about before, which is the Oscars so white campaign, uh-huh. and the the Academy trying to get younger, more switched on people, uh, people of colour, um, LGBTQ folks onto the Academy right. to widen the appeal and to get films in there that may not previously have got in. Mm-hmm. And this may well be a facet of that. Right. Is yeah. the, you know uh, it's quite a big deal. People under 70 um,
0: quite often watch Netflix.
1: Yeah. So so we've got Jane Campion winning for the power of the dog. That's in the best director. Actor in a leading role uh, nominated, we got two Netflix nominations there. Wow! So we got Benedict Cumberbatch for *The Power of the Dog* and Andrew Garfield for *Tick, Tick, Boom*. So those are both Netflix movies, right? Um,
0: and so that's up and, uh, there with 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 like one of the major studios, right, in terms of number of yes, nominations. Absolutely,
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, actor in a supporting role, um, again. We've got a winner for Coda, which is the Apple TV film. So this is a big deal, and we've got two actors uh, in the supporting role who who are also in Power of the Dog. So, in the actor in the supporting role is dominated by streaming services.
0: Well,
1: yeah, this is a big deal.
0: What does it mean? I mean, wouldn't it be great if they were like plucky upcomers, but actually they're enormous. But they're, not.
1: they're enormous beer moths. You know, um, Apple's one of the richest companies on the companies. planet.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think Apple is the most valuable company on the planet.
1: Most valuable company, but not yeah, not the richest like, individual person. But yeah, I think you're yeah. right.
0: Yeah. yeah. If you multiply the number of shares by the share price, I think Apple is the biggest.
1: So the way I th- the way I feel about it is, is that a movie like Coda, <clears throat> which is a movie about a a young girl who. Uh, suffers loss of hearing so it's a Mm -hmm. similar kind of story to um, sound of metal Mm -hmm. Uh, but but he's living in a family uh, of hearing impaired people so Mm -hmm. they have never had hearing Mm -hmm. Uh, a film like this maybe a few years ago would have probably rocked up as an indie film Mm
0: -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. would have struggled a bit might have got some awards on the indie circuit, but probably wouldn't have troubled the Academy Awards at all. Yeah. But one of the things that is important for the Academy Awards is lobbying is, Mm -hmm. you know, this is the kind of thing that convicted rapist Harvey Weinstein was very good at Mm -hmm. is basically just leaning on people and saying, you know, you can vote, vote for this film. This film's Mm -hmm. great. Mm -hmm. You know, it's got Helen Mirren in it. It's fantastic. You know, this Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, and Apple, of course, have deep pockets. So they can go to all of those events and they can say, oh, this is our film, Coda. You should check it out. It's good. You know, and it's that kind of thing that goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that is a big deal in that case. Right. Uh, and I kind of think that I don't really have too much of a problem with it.
0: No, um, I mean, they're massive, <clears throat> they're massive corporations, but it's a different... Set of massive corporations, which is probably yes. better than just carrying on with the same old set.
1: Yes, it's it, what it is doing is shaking up the industry in quite a big way.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't really have an issue with that at all,
1: mm-hmm. um, because because the movie, the movie industry, because of the way it seems to work now, is that franchises are king. You can't get anything mid-budget made because people just aren't interested in anything that's original and mid-budget. Mm-hmm. So so lower budget things get made and then the franchises get made and then mm-hmm. there's nothing else being made. Mm. That's a massive generalization but it is kind of true. Mm-hmm. So the streaming services have the facility to make those mid-budget things because
0: right, there's a niche there. Yes. Because yeah. Because they know they can they can push it on their own service um and get ma- get their money back just from, Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah from something that's not like a complete splash exactly that it, that it would be if it was characters everyone already knew or whatever yeah it makes sense
1: but, I, but I won't, what I wanted to talk about uh, just the just for the end of this talk about the Academy Awards is the technical categories okay so this year <clears throat> instead of presenting them as part of the ceremony uh, they presented them before the ceremony okay. before the, the TV broadcast started
0: is that because they don't care about them? Yes, basically. Yeah, Brilliant. it's not
1: glamorous enough.
0: So, you know, you've got your,
1: your your VFX artists and your costume designers and people like that and
0: mm-hmm. they're thinking that the audiences don't want to watch that. Maybe they should organise for some kind of punch-out on stage. I mean... Punch-out? Punch-up? Didn't, punch that, up? didn't punch something up. like hap- that happen anyway? <laughs> so. I mean, they should get, like, a sound designer to get up and, like, slag off cinematographers and then, then, yeah. then have a fight...
1: They can have a fight, yeah, that's right. But I wanted to talk about Dune, a uh-huh. film that we both enjoyed a great deal. Yeah, yeah. Dominated in the technical ca- categories this year. Uh-huh. So one for cinematography, which is, I think, richly deserved. Mm-hmm. Uh, one for film editing. Mm-hmm. It won for music. So I thought the soundtrack was terrific.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's hard to judge when I went to see it in, in the cinema with such incredible... Sound, but so, yeah, it so it won good. for the
1: soundtrack and for the sound design. So, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, both so those they were things were kind of
0: the same, weren't they?
1: It won for production design, which is also what's that?
0: pretty stunning. Dune. No, what's production design?
1: Oh, so what the sets look like, what the, okay, what the okay. costumes look like, so everything basically, okay. you know, costumes. Are what very does the whole good. movie look like? Yeah, very good.
0: In fact, the whole thing, it, I just immediately forgot it was a film and just thought it was. Filming of real, what, what yeah, was actually there, yeah.
1: uh, and it won for VFX, which is again right. Um, <coughs> it was up against two Marvel movies No Time to Die. Well, I thought the VFX in that were fine, and Free Guy, whatever. A free Guy was free Guy's okay, good, but I think I
0: would mean, have thought the effects are, were that difficult for on the grand scheme of things. I but think again in June, the yeah, the I, I totally forgot that there were VFX I thought I was just watching the sandworm yeah. or whatever yeah
1: because it just looks utterly compelling and real yeah yeah absolutely so that is my take on the Academy Awards
0: cool yep so what like, we... so Rise of the Streamers and Dune won everything <laughs> in the technicals yes
1: yeah yeah Rise of the Streamers Dune won everything technical and they some people it. had a fight
0: <clears throat> but we don't talk about that
1: Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Right. Promising young woman. Okay. Okay. Is a 2020? Ramb- was
0: that it for Rambling?
1: That's the Rambling. Okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. Rambling's yeah, done. Right. Yeah. Um I mean we'll probably do some more at the end. Okay. You know, we always talk about the Walking Dead. Well there's we, Walking so. Dead
0: to not talk about much at the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: Um So Promising Young Woman is a 2020 black
0: comedy thriller film. Okay. Yeah. Sounds, I'm already, I'm feeling positive about it. Okay.
1: Uh, written, co-produced and directed by Emerald Fennell. Although I would call her Emerald Fennell, but uh-huh. she, she prefers to be called Emerald Fennell. Well, so. I, think, I think you should use her preferred name. Yes, we are going to do that. In her <laughs> feature directorial, directorial debut. Right. And it stars Kerry Mulligan as a young woman haunted by a traumatic past as she navigates balancing forgiveness and vengeance. Uh, it also features Bo Burnham, Alison Bree, Clancy Brown, the Kurgan from Highlander.
0: Do you like Highlander? Yes, um, I, I but I have no okay. idea. I don't, I don't I've only seen it once.
1: Okay, uh, Jennifer Coolidge, Laverne Cox and Connie Britton in supporting roles. Uh, so it had its premiere at the Sundance Film Festival in January twenty twenty. So in the uh-huh. just on the cusp of the before times there, Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. And was the theatrically released in December twenty twenty when things started to reopen somewhat. Okay. <clears throat> right. Uh it was supposed to be released in the summertime but wasn't. Yeah. So uh it received positive reviews from critics. And grossed 15 million worldwide. So not much, but because that's because cinemas were shut. So Right. Um, is it indie? It, uh,
0: is it an indie?
1: Yes. Okay. So it that's is. pretty
0: good for an indie film, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, it won Best Original Screenplay at the Academy Awards 2021. Okay. But was also nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actress, and Best Film Editing. So, you know...
0: That's why I've heard of it. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. And it's probably um, why I thought it was a costume <clears throat> drama. I don't think that it gets that many nominations at the Oscars with a name like that. I mean, it that. does
1: sound like one, doesn't it? Yeah. I remember when, when people started talking about this and it had Carey Mulligan in it. I was thinking, yeah, that, that, that sounds like a costume drama. And then I heard about it more and tried to avoid spoilers and things like that because right. it was really intrigued by the sound of the movie. Right. So I went into this pretty much cold.
0: Excellent. And I'm glad
1: I, I'm glad I did as well.
0: Yeah, so I won't be doing that. <clears throat> um, no,
1: you won't. No. <laughs> Unless you can uh, do a Men in Black on yourself and wipe your memory.
0: I mean, generally, I do tend to forget things pretty easily, so...
1: Fair enough. Yeah. So, Kerry Mulligan plays a woman called Cassie Thomas, who is a 30-year-old medical school dropout. She lives with her parents... She works in a coffee shop. Um, seven years earlier, her classmate, Al Munro, raped her best friend and classmate, Nina Fisher. And there was no investigation by the school or consequences from the legal system, which caused Nina to commit suicide. So, this is the stuff I was talking about at the top of the pod. This yeah. is quite serious adult stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, Cassie, played by Kerry Mulligan. Mm-hmm spends her nights feigning drunkenness in clubs and bars, allowing predatory men to take her to their homes. She then reveals that she's sober and she threatens them. She blackmails them, basically, and says, you need to be nicer to women, horrible man, and then leaves them with their guilt and feeling horrible about themselves. So she's quite messed up.
0: Yeah. She's quite messed up. Very safe. No, no, it definitely isn't, no. I'm not sure how effective it would be either.
1: <laughs> but anyway, yeah, okay. Um, I'm not sure it is all that effective, I just think she's incredibly angry. Yeah. <clears throat> um, she goes on a date with another former classmate who mm-hmm. is now a paediatric surgeon, mm-hmm. played by Bo Burnham. Uh, this is a guy called Ryan Cooper, who mentions Al, who's the guy who did the mm-hmm. sexual assault, is getting married. Um and she begins to a plan to exact revenge on Al and all the other people who are responsible for him getting away with what he got away with. Right. Um she needs she meets another former classmate, Madison McPhee, who continues to deny that the sexual assault even took place.
0: So you said this is a dark comedy? Yes. like a black comedy.
1: Yes, absolutely, yes. Okay. Yeah and let's say it's pretty dark it right. goes to some very
0: dark places yeah i'm as struggling you are, as to, you will hear to think where the humor comes from but i guess it's the dialogue or
1: yeah the dialogue is pretty sharp and snappy
0: right. yeah and yeah i'll go into that um, in, in mm-hmm. a minute
1: about mm-hmm. motivations and that kind of thing mm-hmm. um, so she starts to target people she starts to try and you know push buttons and she t- next targets Elizabeth Walker, who, is the s- who was the school dean, mm-hmm. who dismissed the case for, in quotes, lack of evidence. Right. And she lures her teenage daughter into her car, posing as a makeup artist for a popular band. And then she meets Walker, the dean of the college, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> under the pretense of resuming her education, and questions her about Nina's case and when Walker explains away her actions she tells her that she dropped Amber off at a dorm room with drunk male students so there's some serious nastiness going on here mm-hmm. uh, Walker then later apologizes for her inaction and Cassie reveals Amber is safe at a diner so she didn't do what mm-hmm. she did she did she was trying to get information out of her yeah um, she then cancels a date with Ryan and instead, again, lures a man into taking her home. And as they're walking out of a bar, they run into Ryan, um, who doesn't really know what's going on and thinks that she's sleeping around on him. Right. So, so that kind of not, backfires. She's not making
0: good decisions.
1: No, she's making, I would say, increasingly bad decisions. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. He then visits Jordan Green. Hey, Ryan? Who is... Uh, Cassie visits Jordan Green oh. who has played an uncredited Alfred Molina who is just terrific in everything that he does. Um, I think I know uh,
0: maybe I'd recognise
1: him. I'm sure you would recognise him, yeah. yeah. He, he made his movie debut in Raiders of the Lost Ark right. a long time ago. Yeah. That is a long time ago.
0: Um, there's a lovely little an
1: anecdote about that. When, when he was on set he'd never been on a film set before. He'd only done theatre work. And he didn't realise that the marks on the floor were for him, uh-huh. um, and he kept overstepping it or not stepping on the mark. And the mark is there so that you're in focus. Yeah. Um, and so Steven Spielberg was getting increasingly frustrated with this, but because of the way film sets work, he wasn't saying anything to him.
0: Right. He was just
1: he was just getting exasperated with it. So, in a sort of break of tradition. The cinematographer took him aside and said, Alfred, you're doing such lovely work, but I just want to say that the marks on the floor are for you, darling, all right? So you've just got to make sure you're there, all right? Okay? And uh, so then he was like, oh, okay, (laughs) I understand now, yeah. And the rest is history, so. (laughs) I thought that was very nice of the cinematographer to do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there needs to be a lot more of that in life, especially in uh, uh, multicultural environments where people's like, social uh, cues are different and so on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Cassie visits Jordan Green, played by Alfred Molina, who is Al's lawyer, who harassed Nina into dropping the charges. So we're starting to see mm-hmm. it all unravel now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, Jordan Green is remorseful, um, he hasn't been practicing law because he had a nervous breakdown. Cassie forgives him and after visiting Nina's mother who urges her to move on, Cassie abandons her revenge plans.
0: Okay. She and then the apologizes events. to
1: Ryan and they fall in love. Yeah. Right. Um. So then um. she attends Al's bachelor party dressed as a nurse, a stripper, <laughs> right. basically. She hasn't, she hasn't quite walked no. away. No, she hasn't walked away from it, no. It's it's a pretext, basically. Uh-huh. She's luring people into a sense of, oh, everything's fine now, kind of thing. Um, she drugs his friends and takes him upstairs, handcuffs him into a bed, and eventually reveals who she is because he doesn't recognise her. uh uh-huh. Um, and as she prepares to carve Nina's name into his abdomen, he breaks free and and he suffocates her with a pillow. Now this is the the point in the movie where you think, has that actually happened, or is that like a fantasy? Is that are we going to wake up and she's still alive? All right. But the next morning, his best friend, who was drugged, comes upstairs to find her dead in the room. All right. They dispose of the body. Um, her parents file a missing person report and the police begin to investigate.
0: Oh, wow. So we're only just getting started.
1: Yeah. Uh, but Ryan tells them oh, Cassie boy. was mentally disturbed and does not tell them she was going to the bachelor party. So he's covering up for mm-hmm. for everybody. Right. But then later on, at Al's wedding, Ryan receives several scheduled texts from Cassie. Right. And, um, and he is shown receiving a package from Cassie with the phone, with the video of Nina's sexual assault and instructions to follow if she does not return from the bachelor party. Right. Um, and then Cassie's manager finds a half heart-shaped necklace with Cassie's name under the cash register. And Cassie was wearing the matching half with Nina's name when she was killed. And the police discover her burnt remains, because they they burnt her, and the necklace, and arrest Al for murder, as Ryan receives a final text from Cassie, signed with her and Nina's names. So, right. this is a tough watch, right? in many ways. I mean, it lulls you into a sense of, oh, it's just a bit of a jolly jape. she's a bit messed up, but everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And then she turns up the, up at the bachelor party yeah. and everything just goes pear-shaped really quickly. Right. But we realise that she meant for it to go pear-shaped. Right. Um, yes, which is, I think, very disturbing that yeah. someone would do that.
0: Um, so she's actually texted him from beyond the grave because that's yes. kind of the plan all along.
1: Yes, implicating him in, you know, basically saying he did it and he did this as well.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, very disturbing. Incredibly triggering, I think. I think yeah. it wound a lot of people up, this film. Right. Um, I think it wound a lot of men up who feel triggered by this kind of thing. Um. And I thought it was incredible. I think it's one of the most thought-provoking films I've seen in a long time.
0: Right. I mean, you like things that really... Shake you and yes, and sort of hurt you, don't you? Yeah.
1: Yes, I do. Yeah, I, I want to be, I want, I want, well, not all the time, but sometimes I want a film to push buttons. Yeah. And I want it to shake me up and, and you know, shape my worldview and, and give me a wake up call about stuff. Right. And I think this film deals with a lot of issues about toxic masculinity, which is a phrase that's used a great deal, but is absolutely true in this case. It deals with someone you know we're, we're told I think women in particular are told after they've been through a traumatic event to just move on with your life and just
0: you know just forget about it uh-huh. but Cassie is absolutely
1: not forgetting about
0: it So I feel like this is contrasting with um, um, oh help me out the the series with that we uh, discussed with Hannah Dunlevy. Oh,
1: the Handmaid's Tale.
0: Handmaid's Tale. So we, we that, that that series of Handmaid's Tale, which dealt with kind of not deciding not to move on and not to. Yes. Uh, this feels like this deals with it in a way that is uh, actually kind of moving the conversation forward. And um, whereas I feel like uh, Handmaid's Tale kind of just expressed one emotion and didn't really didn't really make you think very much.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that, yeah. I think this does make you think about the way that privileged white people can get away with a great deal if they've got the right connections. Um, right. Actually, no, Should I rephrase that? Privileged white men can get away with a great deal mm-hmm. if they've got the right connections. Mm-hmm. And even if, <clears throat> you know, Cassie, who was at medical school, is clearly not poor at all. You know, she's got wealthy parents. Um, She is just utterly messed up and knows what happened, but nobody will listen to her. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. she knows what happened. Uh, And she spends the, the entirety of the film trying to convince people of what happened. And she does get a confession out of a couple of people. And the point when she decide, when we think she has decided to just say, "Okay, I'm happy with that. I'm going to move on now," um, is the point at which the rug gets pulled out from underneath us. Because right, we realise realize...
0: that the only way, yeah, the only way to do it is to sacrifice her own life.
1: Yes, to bring them to justice. Yeah,
0: which is a very common theme in films. Yes, it is. Yes, You're left. The only choice is to sacrifice your own life.
1: I think what is, what to me, what is shocking about it is that when it happens, it happens so suddenly mm. um, and everything that's happened up to that point, even in the bit when she's about to carve Nina's name into his abdomen, is still kind of funny in a sort of horror movie kind of way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then when he suffocates her, it, it's suddenly like, okay, this isn't funny anymore. Right, The film turns in that way that that I love when a film changes the mood so suddenly that you're left thinking it's amazing yeah yeah, you're left thinking did that actually happen Mm. or is it some kind of dream that this guy's having about what he'd like to do or maybe she's having a dream about what she would like to happen Mm -hmm. but then we realise that it did happen and it's very it's bleak it's definitely bleak but then it's hopeful, but it does leave you utterly, utterly wrung out at the end. Mm. Yeah.
0: I loved it. Sounds very good. Yeah. It's
1: very, very good. Quite like to watch it. I think you'd enjoy it.
0: Yeah. Definitely. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> so um. I think we've probably already explored, like, what its meaning and its uh, or its themes are. So I probably don't yes. need to ask any additional question.
1: Probably not. No, I just read you some of the critical response though,
0: because <clears throat> it might sort of
1: sum it up in a way that I can't. But, um, so Kate Urbland of Indie Wire gave the film a B plus, and wrote Emerald Fennell's raucous debut twists its buzzword-laden spoiler-free synopsis it's a me hashtag me to rape revenge thriller with bite into something fresh and totally wild the la times said the grimly multitasking finale of promising young woman feels both audacious and uncertain of itself grimly as tries to meld a cackle of delight and a blast of fury with a lingering residue of anguish I think he's talking about the oh,
0: those, those three things will happen at once.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah, I think right. it works. I think it works really well.
0: Right. What what were um, the three things?
1: Uh, so the the wedding. No, no. Text, it, it's, what,
0: what was the what was the phrase of the? Um, oh. Uh, of the, that review. Uh,
1: a melt of ca- uh, a blast of fury with a, ling- a lingering residue of anguish.
0: And something. A else cackle, well, of, delight, no, cackle, a cackle, cackle delight. of delight. A cackle of delight.
1: A Blast of Fury and a Lingering Residue of Anguish. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I think they supported uh, Ned's Atomic Dustbin, actually. (laughs) Lingering Residue of Anguish. It doesn't all come together, but there's an undeniable thrill in seeing it come apart. Right. Um, And and then um, Linda Holmes of NPR wrote that Fennell is trying to say something here about men about nice men and about men who think they're nice men or nice enough men. So I think that this guy, Ryan, that Cassie's been dating during the film is nice enough, Uh but she has absolutely been dating him for a reason. She wants to get to that bachelor party. She needs to find out where it is so she can go there. So that's the whole point of that.
0: Um, So is he his friend then?
1: yes yeah
0: okay yeah
1: so he he was involved in the in the I don't think he did anything but he was involved in the sexual assault he was there and he didn't okay. didn't do anything about it so okay Um, <clears throat> but she doesn't let on about that at all
0: right, right, right
1: she keeps she keeps their relationship just kind of surface right so that she can manipulate him Um. Terrific film. Really, really enjoyed it. I'd highly recommend this to listener. It, you know, I you know it is triggering. It's a tough watch at times, but it really is worth it. And it, yeah, I I think it does have. You know, you mentioned the Handmaid's Tale. I think it it has similar themes to that in terms of revenge and not moving on. And
0: I mean, the first season of Handmaid's Tale. I wouldn't. Um I wouldn't say anything comes above above it, um, in terms of tackling the themes it's tackling, but um yeah. the third I think it was the third series that we were talking about, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Um, yeah. If, oh, no, if it not, was no. or maybe fourth. Anyway, if, fourth, if it was trying fourth. to tackle yeah, fourth. It it was trying I think it was trying to tackle this idea of when should you uh move on or even forgive to free yourself from the anger yeah. and when you should just carry on and yeah i didn't feel like it dealt with that particularly well and it feels like this film is much more challenging and interesting on on that topic
1: it really is it's it's a fine fine piece of work
0: yeah those are my thoughts on promising young woman cool i mean it that's definitely gone on my list
1: nice one yeah I, it, think I think it's, really it's on a
0: list it. with um films like um mother Oh,
1: yes, yes. Yes, button-pushing and challenging, as that film is. And,
0: sli- yeah. and slightly unhinged.
1: Yes, definitely. Although Mother is, I think, more than slightly unhinged. Entirely unhinged. <laughs> Entirely unhinged, yes. I think and it's maybe, one of the most visceral experiences I've seen. What, yeah, right. Mother is a visceral experience of a film, isn't it?
0: Yeah, the more, the more I've thought about Mother, the more I've thought there are actually other films that kind of have that unhinged... Yes. disaster. Like I see it around now in a way that I felt like when I first watched it like it was the only thing I'd ever seen that was anything like it but I think there are yeah. others. I kind
1: of felt the same way about Noah um, the one with Russell Crowe yeah. which I it's really really enjoyed. Yeah, no. yeah I really I thought liked it was
0: it. bonkers but I really loved it. I really liked it. Yeah. And I, like I especially liked its theological musings. Yeah because they were very
1: correct in terms of um Know what it's talking about it was very interesting,
0: well yeah, I mean it was I mean in terms of it apparently it's it's quite close to the um the mythology around Noah, right, um but just the theology of like um it seems like God is giving Noah the choice of whether or not to wipe out humanity,
1: yes, yeah, um but I think there are scenes in that I thought that was great, um, yes, there are scenes in that where we see the people trying to get on board the arc that are yeah. very similar to the scenes in Mother.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Like the visceral, uh, I don't know, just like heaving flesh everywhere is just really quite yeah. unpleasant and unsettling. I think visceral
0: is definitely the right word. There's yeah. scenes in both those films that are yeah, visceral. Definitely.
1: Um, I just wanted to t- change tack slightly there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <clears throat> About when actors are in sort of extreme situations mm-hmm, and they yeah. have to try and find a way through that in a movie um, try and find a way to make it so you can do it every day on a film set right so the the, the actors who were in Silence of the Lambs the guy who played Buffalo Bill mm-hmm. um, I forget his name now it'll come to me in a minute and the woman who was in series 7 The Contenders, contenders. Yes. is also in Silence of the Lambs oh yeah she was in the the pit, and he was the guy who's uh, who's like yeah. a not a not a transvestite kind of thing. Uh-huh. They were buddies on the film, so they they consciously said, "Okay, this is really unsettling stuff. We have to become friends."
0: Wow! <clears throat> so
1: when they finished, they'd go out for <clears throat> they go out for burgers and stuff, and just sort of um, nice. completely change the tack of what they were talking about, and just talk about anything else apart from the science of the labs, <laughs> which right, is what they were shooting. And- to try and
0: yeah. decompress themselves from the... So I discovered this
1: on Twitter, so somebody talked about it, and then the actress popped up and said, yeah, we were friends on set.
0: Nice.
1: Um, which is really cool, I think.
0: So was it the main character from um, Series 7, The Contenders? Yes, yeah. The pregnant uh, woman.
1: Ted Levine, that's the actor's name. Yeah, he's got a really distinctive voice. Right. Uh, I can't remember the a- actress's name, but the, the, the character she plays is Catherine Trammell, I think.
0: Listen, if I haven't uh, raved to you recently about Series 7, The Contenders... <laughs> Do so now. Um, watch Series 7, The Contenders. It's an awesome... Like, before Battle Royale. Uh, I, think, I, I think it was before Battle Royale. Maybe it was around the same time as Battle Royale. It was after yes. um, after the Stephen King writing as someone else book. Richard Bachman, Richard Bachman, which was the called... The Running Man. The Running Man. Um, but where The Running Man was a, was about, I don't know what that was about, um, maybe about how society is getting more something, um, Series 7 The Contenders is basically about how TV news and stuff is getting more, um, like, blood oh, hungry. More
1: like it is now. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but it's a, it's a reality show where the contestants get given guns and told the last one standing wins. And uh, it's done like a really cheap news program. Yeah, that's and right. The, yeah, the movie you're watching is the box set of series seven. So it's not even the first series where it was all innovative and cool. It's like seven series is in. The, the producers have made it all before, so there's no new ideas, and you know it doesn't. It doesn't feel at all energetic or interesting. Like it's so well done, seriously. Um, yeah, it's, trying to it make is good. Yeah. You can see the the producers trying to make a storyline, and deciding how they're going to play each character the same way that they do in Big Brother or one of those reality shows.
1: I can see the influence that that film would have on <clears throat> on the cinematic versions of the Hunger Games. Right, right, right. right yeah, right, right. definitely. In the way that they, though, at least the first two Hunger Games movies have the cameras following them all the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I, I think, I mean, yeah, it's Sonic now movies.
0: it's now like a genre, isn't it? You know, like Squid Game is just the next in the in the genre. And, uh, yeah, back then, Battle Royale series seven, The Contenders, were were like starting that genre. Because Running Man, the movie was so awful; it had yeah, it's no impact rubbish. on anything.
1: Yeah, it really is bad. The book is great, by the way. Read the book. Yeah, the book the book is fantastic. In fact, those the Backman books, as they're known. Um, there's some very interesting stories in there, and the Running Man is one of them.
0: Yeah, mm. indeed. Anyway, tangent. Yeah, no, over. I I like a tangent. Yeah. Uh, so, been watching any Walking Dead?
1: I'm I'm one episode of short, so I think there's one left in this is that right? tranche of eight episodes. I have. Um, them. So oh, tranche. I haven't watched the one that came out today and then uh-huh. next week is the last one of this Tranche. So. Right.
0: Well, I, I'm yeah. several behind in this Tranche. I'm not sure how many, so don't spoil right. me. No spoilers. I, I what I will say to is to show, I think
1: I think they've been very strong.
0: Right. That's interesting yeah. because I think the fact that I haven't watched them goes to show I basically forgot that this Tranche was running. Right. Um, so I'm obviously not that interested. Okay. Um, I'm not even sure uh-huh. what, like... Even though the, I thought the whispers were a great idea but they were very painful to watch. But I yes. did come back because I wanted them to be got rid of or to, to be defeated. Ah
1: now. There's some news on that actually. Oh yeah. So the this anthology show that's in the works, that's in, okay. presumably in pre production at the moment. Samantha Morton is returning as Alpha for that right. anthology show. Which I it's thought set in might the past, happen. presumably. Yes.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. What we want which is, is good. A,
1: we want a alpha and we want the governor from series two we want we want a mashup of those two. to face off yeah face off between those two yeah <laughs>
0: that'd be excellent and negan maybe she um, um yeah she, because of the bald head she reminds me of um him out of apocalypse now
1: oh marlon brando yeah 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 it's an iconic performance yeah it's strong Uh, So, yeah, I've been watching um, the Lord of the Rings movies with my eldest son. Yeah. And I haven't seen... I I saw The Return of the King about seven or eight years ago. uh, But I haven't watched... watched
0: I just saw them all once at the cinema. I
1: haven't watched the other two for a long time. Right. Um, And I used to be of the opinion that The Two Towers was the best because it's the middle and it doesn't have to do any setup and it doesn't have to finish. So it's kind of quite a pure movie in that way. But I now, having watched Fellowship recently, I found that it had real emotional clout, Fellowship. Okay. And I now think that that's gone up in my estimation quite a lot because I I used to think that it was kind of, it's a a huge setup film. There's a lot of exposition in it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But I actually think that it's got real emotional heft and heart to it. And I enjoyed it a great deal, actually. That's Um, interesting. So we're halfway through Return of the King because it's very long. Uh, When I watched them,
0: I thought, these are good because I like the horror influence and they're they're how I imagined it when I read the book. Right, yes. But but I didn't think any more than that. I didn't think these are life-changingly brilliant or whatever. Interesting fact about me is that the... I would be quite interested to watch the extended editions just because they're so long and that's kind of interesting.
1: <laughs> they are very good, the extended editions. Okay, okay. Yeah, definitely worth a look in terms of um, what they add to the narrative. They add a great right. deal. So, uh, But you can see why they cut them down because yeah, I mean, it would have been unwieldy. You can't do it. No,
0: no, you can't. I think Kill um, Bill would have been better as one film.
1: Yeah, oh, definitely, yes.
0: It didn't need to be two.
1: On the other hand,
0: like Kill Bill Part 1 is quite a lot more fun than 2, so maybe it's good that it yeah, exists. but there's the, stuff you could lose from Part 1.
1: Yeah. And you could you lose a lot from Part 2. And
0: you could kind of just do the final scene from Part 2 <laughs> and then yes. you'd have a movie. <laughs> yes, indeed. Just yeah. Part 1 and then the final scene of Part 2. Yeah, that's right. Uh,
1: what else? What else have you been watching? I don't think I've been watching anything... Oh no, we did start watching something new. Oh yeah, we started watching *The Stand*, a Stephen King adaptation, actually.
0: Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. You love your Stephen King adaptations. I do, I
1: do. So I also love *The Stand* as well. So I've read. Right. I read it when it. Well, I didn't read it when it came out, but I read it years after it came out, and then I, and then Stephen King released a unabridged version, so okay. with more content, which is even better. Oh wow! It, even though it's a massive doorstop of a book to begin with, it's an even bigger massive doorstop of a book.
0: So presumably he wrote all that at the time and then it got cut out, is it?
1: Yes, but then you you get successful and you say, okay, I want to release the whole thing. So the publisher says, yeah, fine. Um, So yeah, Adaptation came out last year. Uh, That's been in development. I've been watching it closely because it's a book that I love and I wanted them to do it properly. It was in development for a while as... Two movies, which didn't happen. Uh, then it was a, a TV show again. Then it was one movie. Then it was three movies, and <laughs> various directors have come and gone. Yeah,
0: sounds But clear. they
1: finally, finally, did it last year, and
0: as a series, all,
1: <clears throat> yes. And although I think some of the casting is a bit on the nose, mm-hmm. um, the first episode at uh, which chops up the narrative which is very cool so you know my wife is very very familiar with the stand you know she listens to it quite a lot as an audio book because oh, she right, loves it right, right. so much yeah so she knows it really well and within five or ten minutes she was like oh they've chopped up the narrative that's really cool so right. you know it subverts your expectations so it's non-linear basically right, 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 right. which is excellent and each episode focuses on different characters because it? it's quite a big ensemble, right? Um, so each episode concentrates on two or three characters at a time.
0: Oh, interesting! Interesting. That yeah. probably works better for TV if you've got a lot of characters.
1: It's very good. I mean, we've had to basically stop ourselves from watching the whole thing because right. uh, you know it's just it's a one and done. You know, it's, it's it was on Paramount Plus, but we got it on disc. So, okay.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: So it was on it was on a streaming service. I mean uh-huh. we've yeah. been
0: watching a series called Ad Vitam. Oh yeah. I think it is. Which is on Netflix. It's French with subtitles. Yeah. And it's proper sci fi. None of this like things crashing into each other, Marvel type sci fi. Right. Actual sci fi. Which which by which I mean it has an idea and it explores it. High concept stuff. Yeah. And the idea is that we have solved aging. Ah, and so you go, you go into a little pod and get regenerated, and then you you get younger, or you know you you don't age much, right? You can live forever, and what it's exploring is what that does to the youth. Who who feel that they're not wanted, and that you know there's no purpose that all they're doing is filling up the world and. The world's already over full. Oh, so, wow. That's okay. as far as I've got into what, what it's about. But um, it's uh, it seems pretty, pretty good, I'd say. That sounds a lot like.
1: <clears throat> so I used to read the comic book, comic, not comic book, comic 2000 AD, which was a week, uh-huh. which is it's still going. Yeah. A weekly um, comic, uh, sci fi, action, horror. For kids and young adults, well, anybody really. Um, there was a story in that called "The Dead," in which um, a society solves the problem of aging and nobody dies. Uh, but then things start to go horribly wrong because nobody's dying. So, um,
0: right.
1: Yeah, and that sounds very similar. And that that was an interesting show.
0: I thought it was an interesting counterpoint to um, both. Um Handmaid's Tale and uh, what's the thing?
1: Promising Young Woman.
0: Is no. You no. <laughs> no um, the thing where no one can have babies anymore. No one can have... Uh, uh, Handmaid's Tale. As well as Handmaid's Tale is another one. Oh, is there? Uh, oh, yes. With, um, with Children film. of Men. Yes. Yeah, Children of Men. Thank you. Yeah. One of my favourite films. Um, yeah, interesting counterpoint to those two where... People can have children anymore, but they also live forever.
1: Right. Um, so why do you need children if you can live so the, forever? Yeah,
0: the, yeah, the, yeah. How do children fit into this, and especially how do young people fit into this? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's interesting.
1: Excellent, and that's called what? Ad vita.
0: It's called ad vitam, I think, or ad yeah. vitam.
1: So something life. I think. Ad. Yeah, I, was- I
0: think it's. Ad Astra to, is like, to the stars, so it's yeah, it's to life yeah yeah. I'm not sure what ad means in Latin, but it's something like that. Mm, okay, excellent. Yeah, it's mm. um yeah. So the, you go to a little like there's there's clinics kind of all over the place for doing your regeneration, and they're kind of slightly seedy. You know, it's kind of right. Obviously, there are posh ones as well, but they've all got this and sign of infinity on them. So it's really exploring what it's like, you know. The main character is has been a cop for ninety nine years.
1: Oh wow, that's a long time.
0: And he's he you you have to stop after three terms of thirty three years. So he's coming to the end of his last right. term as a cop. He's not going to be allowed to be one again
1: because it just messes you up so much. Presumably, I,
0: I guess I don't know. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah. That sounds good.
0: That sounds really good. I don't know where it's going yet, but... Right. I watched about three episodes, I guess.
1: Okay. We started watching um, a show called Reservation Dogs. Uh-huh. Which is a comedy drama set in a Native American reservation in the United States. Right. right? Uh, <clears throat> produced and written by Taika Waititi, who we've talked about on this pod before. Uh-huh. Um... Yes, good. Very good, very, uh, very Taika Waititi. So very um, satirical, funny, but very dryly funny. Where in what context did we talk about him before? He, we talked about a movie called Jojo Rabbit. Oh yeah, 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 okay. yeah. That was him. Yeah. Okay. O- also, um, Hunt for the Wilder People is him as well. So we talked right. yeah, yeah. We've talked about him twice on this pod. Yeah, right. And what we do in the shadows is his thing as well. Okay, I know you're not yeah. that
0: hot on that, but that's his Didn't thing. Didn't find also. that funny. Yeah, and I can see because why. Because it's right, right on topic. I should have really liked it.
1: Yes, I think you should have done. Maybe you should Different. try again. Yeah. Yeah, the TV show I think is funnier than the movie. Yeah. Mainly well, <clears> because it's got Matt Berry in it, who is a genius. Uh huh. Anyway, yeah, so reservation dogs is good fun. That's on Disney Plus, if you've
0: still got right. Disney Plus. Right. Yeah, I think we have. <coughs> it's totally useless.
1: Actually,
0: you must Apart have if Walking you've been Dead. watching
1: The Walking Dead, yeah. Yeah.
0: Hasn't even got Fear the Walking Dead on it. Or no, that's on Prime. Or The way, the World Beyond.
1: That's also on Prime. Which yeah.
0: I would actually value if it had those on. Well, there no, is a, I, f- I value having Walking uh, Dead.
1: There, there is yeah. a historic reason why The Walking Dead is on Disney Plus.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: I think I did talk about it on the pod, but should I I talk about it again briefly?
0: (laughs) Why don't you do it very briefly so we don't... Very briefly. So,
1: when um, Disney acquired uh, 20th Century Fox, Uh they also acquired some channels. And one of those channels was the Fox channel, which was on Fox UK, which was on the uh, Sky satellite platform. Right. So they acquired that channel... <clears throat> and that channel was showing The Walking Dead in the right. UK. Right, right, right. And that's why it's on Disney Plus in enough. this country. It's not on Disney Plus in the United States. Oh,
0: wow. Interesting.
1: Okay. Yeah. Uh, so there you go.
0: That's Well, probably. I'm glad it is because yeah. I like The Walking Dead. Although, to be fair, I'd probably just get the DVD in a while. But.
1: Yeah, I mean, but you can watch the whole thing on Disney Plus. Uh, right. Series 1 to 11,
0: should you so yeah. wish to. Well, I've got all yeah. the DVDs. Yeah. How many DVDs have I got? I think I've got up to season nine on DVD. What season are we on? Eleven?
1: Eleven. Yeah. Right. So uh, I think Rick might make an appearance at the end of oh, the Oh, really? Series. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think they're leading up to that.
0: What about um, his wife? What's her name? Rick? She died, yeah. didn't she? No, his new wife. Or is she not his wife? Oh, you're the talking about the sword? Oh, Michonne. Michonne, yeah. Yes, yes right.
1: she might come back as well, yeah. Sorry, yes, absolutely. It's, it's been Is so he's long mis- since she has been in it, yeah. <clears throat> uh, I'm not sure if they were married, but...
0: No, probably not. Anyway. Uh, but, yeah, maybe. Okay, that would be a horrific cop-out, in my opinion. What, if he returned? If the two of them come back and go, Hi, it's us! <laughs> yeah, it's I, like, so Come I watch hope, our new I series. hope she
1: doesn't, but I think he might. Right. Because he, we know he's still alive, don't we?
0: Yeah, we know she's still... Well, we haven't seen her die.
1: No. No, she got written out very suddenly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Anyway, i got uh, nothing else. Anything to plug?
0: Uh, well, so, I mean, uh, yeah, I guess it's plugging. Uh, there, um, this uh, day after tomorrow, so Wednesday, the 6th of April, I'm going to conference my ACCU conference, Oh. Ah, programming conference in Bristol. <clears throat> yes. And then on, on Saturday, which was the 9th of April, I'm doing a talk there about Matrix stuff, which is the stuff that I've r- raved on ah, about before. Ah, yes. It, which is, what, my, what I'm talking about is, A, kind of how to, like how in the kind of code, low-level code, how to send a message on this pl- instant messaging platform called Matrix, mm. um, which is like all open and free and secure and stuff. Um but then I'm going to talk about what all the other cool stuff you can do with it that isn't instant messaging because actually right. it's just a a kind of anything that requires kind of real-time communication type platform so yeah, I haven't written the talk yet though, and I'm absolutely petrified, which is making it hard to write the talk but um yeah, I love the conference so I'm hoping to enjoy it and in a few weeks, the recording of the talk will be online, so we'll nice a link to it somewhere cool that's cool. Any plugging from you?
1: Um, I have nothing.
0: Nothing. Cool. That's it. Cool. Well, that's it. Thanks a lot, listener, for tolerating us. <laughs> if you listened, if you listened to the show on the first of April, quite a few people did. We don't know why, so let us know. Yes. Oh, and by the way, tell your friends. Tell all your friends. Yeah. Tell your friends. Tell both I your friends. Bet. That's it. That's it. See you next time. Okay. Bye. Bye.